Chapter Three of Diversions in Sicily by H. Festing Jones. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three, The Professor. The day before the festa, there came a professor of pedagogy, and Peppino was not best pleased to see him because he knew him as a jettatore. I had supposed this word to mean a person with the evil eye who causes misfortunes to others but he used it in the sense of one who causes misfortunes to himself, or at least who is always in trouble. A man who is constitutionally unfortunate, the sort of man with whom Napoleon would have nothing to do. He will miss his train more often than not. If he has to attend a funeral, it will be when he has a cold in his head, and all his white pocket-handkerchiefs will be at the wash, so that he must use a coloured one. He will attempt to take his medicine in the dark, thereby swallowing the liniment by mistake of course this kind of man is incidentally disastrous to others as well as to himself and is therefore also a jettatore in the other sense so that napoleon was quite right the arrival of the professor led peppino into giving me a great deal of information about the evil eye in which he swore he did not believe it was all rather indefinite and contradictory partly no doubt because those who believe in it most firmly are the analfabeti and unaccustomed to express themselves clearly the prevailing idea seems to be that an evil influence proceeds from the eye of the jettatore who is not necessarily a bad person at least he need not be desirous of hurting any one the misfortunes that follow wherever he goes may be averted by the interposition of some attractive object whereby the glance from his eye is arrested and either the misfortune does not happen at all or the force of the evil influence is expended elsewhere therefore it is as well always to carry some charm against the evil eye all over italy but especially in the south it is rare to meet a man who does not carry a charm either on his watch-chain or in his pocket or on a string or a chain around his neck under his clothes and he usually carries more than one women of course always wear them which may be because a woman likes to surround herself with pretty things and if she can say that they protect her she has a reason unconnected with vanity which she may be apt to profess is her true reason for wearing ornaments the same applies to men who though less in the habit of wearing ornaments are as has been often remarked no less vain than women this may be called the ornamental view and may account for some of the fashions that arise in the wearing of charms but there is also the utilitarian view and a new form of charm will sometimes become popular just as a new sanctuary becomes popular because it is reported to have been effective in some particular case probably no change of fashion will ever banish horns made of coral or mother-of-pearl being pointed they are supposed to attract and break up the evil glance as a lightning conductor is supposed to attract and break up a flash of lightning peppino was very contemptuous about all charms and coral horns especially even assuming that horns in a general way are prophylactic it is no use having them made of coral or mother-of-pearl and wearing them on one's watch-chain because the padre eterno when he designed the human form was careful to provide man with natural means of making horns so that the evil eye might be averted during the period that would have to elapse before the wearing of ornaments became customary 
we can still benefit by this happy forethought if we are threatened with the evil eye when divested of all our charms when bathing for instance the pope pio nono was believed to have the evil eye and pious pilgrims asking his blessing used at the time to take the precaution of protecting themselves from his malign influence by pointing two fingers at him under their clothes inanimate things of course cannot be said literally to have the evil eye but many of them cause misfortunes a hearse is a most unlucky thing to meet when it is empty peppino says if you shall meet the carriage of the dead man and it is empty perhaps it shall be coming to take you this is not a good thing and then must you be holding the horn in the hand but if the dead man shall be riding in his carriage then certainly this time it shall not be for you and the horn it is necessary not at all this is what they believe he did not mean that you are bound to die if you see an empty hearse but that unless you take precautions you will certainly meet with some kind of misfortune i should say that the professor meets an empty hearse every day of his life he came up to castellinaria not knowing there was to be a festa found every place full and spent the night wandering about the streets it was impossible not to be sorry for the poor man when i found him the following afternoon dozing on a chair in the kitchen and in a fit of expansiveness i offered him the other bed in my room he accepted it with gratitude and said he should retire early as he was too much fatigued to care about religious festivities peppino took the earliest opportunity of blowing me up for this saying that it was most dangerous to sleep with a jettatore in the room i told him i did not believe in all that nonsense any more than he did and we had a long discussion which he ended by producing a coral horn from his pocket saying the professor might have the other bed if i would wear the coral all night of course i chaffed him about having the horn in his pocket after his protestations of disbelief but it was like talking to a kitten that has been caught stealing fish and i had to take his charm and promise to conform on the ground that one cannot be too careful the procession which was the climax of the festa did not begin till eleven thirty p m and was not over till three thirty the next morning on returning to the albergo i found the professor still dozing on his chair undisturbed by the constant chatter of all the servants and their friends he had not gone to bed because the padrone peppino's father with the key of my room in his pocket had gone out early in the evening and got lost in the crowd so there were both my beds wasted and nothing to be done but to make the best of it i settled myself on a chair in a corner and wished for day whereupon almost immediately peppino who though i did not know it till afterwards had been keeping near me and watching me all night in case i might meet the evil eye among the people came in and the discussion rose into a tumult of dialect as the situation was made clear to him and then sank into complete silence which was broken by his suddenly saying to me you wish to sleep all right i show you the bed come on he preceded me up some back stairs into a room occupied by a lady in one bed her female attendant in another and in various shakedowns on the floor another woman two men and more children than i could count by the light of one candle we picked our way among them to the farther end of the room where there was a door peppino produced a key and opened it to my surprise it led into my room buon riposo said peppino and was about to disappear the way we had come 
when i reminded him that the professor was to have the other bed i had some difficulty with him but when i had hung his coral round my neck he gave way after this i saw a great deal of the professor he said he was forty-five and he was perhaps the most simple-minded gentle creature i have ever known being with him was like listening to a child strumming on a worn-out piano as we sat down to dinner next day he asked if he could have a little carbonate of soda peppino with a glance at the bill of fare regretted that there was none in the house the professor then explained to me the advantages of taking carbonate of soda before meals and said that some chemist gave one an enormous quantity for two soldi evidently the professor had not a good digestion he helped me with his own fork to a piece of meat off his own plate this is a mark of very great friendliness and makes me think of joseph entertaining his brethren when they went down to buy corn in egypt and he took and sent messes unto them from before him but benjamin's mess was five times so much as any of theirs and i think of menelaus in the odyssey sending a piece of meat to telemachus and pisistratus when they supped with him at lacedaemon and of ulysses at supper in the place of alcinous sending a piece of meat to demodocus to thank him for his singing in spite of the pain his lays had caused him i always accept the gift after deprecating the honour with words and gestures and a little later in accordance with what i believe to be the modern practice return the compliment the professor was pleased to have an opportunity of improving his knowledge of england and asked me many questions i am afraid he only pretended to believe some of the things i told him i said that in england a man who is the proprietor of the house he lives in is not on that account necessarily a rich man he may or may not be it all depends he was surprised to hear that i had travelled from london to castellanaria in less than three weeks that the channel passage takes under twelve hours and has been known to be smooth that london is not actually on the coast but a few miles inland and on a river that we have other towns even more inland and that after the death of queen victoria england did not become a republic i had the professor at a disadvantage because being a sicilian his natural politeness would not permit him to show that in his opinion i was drawing upon my imagination after the manner of travellers moreover peppino declared that all i said was quite true and added that what in sicily is like this holding his hand out with the palm upwards in england is like that holding it with the palm downwards nevertheless i was beginning to feel that i had gone far enough and had better be careful so when he asserted that england refuses home rule to new zealand and grinds her colonies down under the iron heel of the oppressor because she cannot afford to lose the amount they pay us in our iniquitous income tax i did not contradict him it is possible i misunderstood him or he may have guessed i did not agree or there may have been even more confusion in his mind than i suspected for he afterwards said that the income tax paid by the colonies went into the private pocket of mr chamberlain and that explained why the secretary for the colonies was so rich my dear professor i said permit me to tell you something my poor mother had a cousin whose name was james he was perhaps the most simple-minded gentle creature i have ever known being with him was like listening to well it was like listening to certain kinds of music he lived by himself in the country with an old woman to do for him and was over sixty before we came to know him 
then we were all very fond of him and often wondered what the dear good old gentleman could have been like in his early days it has just occurred to me that you sir are like what cousin james must have been at your age he was overwhelmed his eyes filled with tears he said he should remember for all his life the flattering words he had just heard they constituted the most pleasing and genteel compliment he had ever received he shook hands with me and remained silent as a sign that his emotion was too deep for more words End of chapter 3